Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today with LSU on a bye week, we had our earlier. Uh, recap of the Vanderbilt with Josh Lemoyne. Uh, no game this week, so we flipped sides. We went and talked some Saints as we had a special guest, Diana Rossini of ESPN, join us. So let's jump into that interview. We'd like to welcome our guest today as Diana Rossini of ESPN is joining us. Y'all can follow her on Twitter at Diana ESPN. Diana, how are you doing today? I am great. Coming off a pretty incredible weekend of football out in Seattle covering the uh, the Saints and Seahawks. So back uh, on East Coast time, finally. It takes me forever to uh, to fly back and catch up, but now I'm getting ready for uh, for Buffalo. I'm uh, headed to go cover the Patriots-Bills game, which uh, should be quite the experience. Well, speaking about the Saints, uh, a team that we cover, and you were there this past week, they deal with the Drew Brees injury, Teddy Bridgewater, gets the victory over in Seattle, a team that has a tough task this weekend, and a team people were saying, look, if they ride the ship, go three and three, or four and four while Drew Brees is out, you know, maybe they can make the playoffs. But after this win this past Sunday, do you think they can do better than that? I actually do, and I'm glad you you phrased it that way, because that was going to be my response of, uh, after being around them this week and even some time when they were practicing at the University of Washington leading up to the game, um, there was a certain amount of focus and discipline, uh, but at the same time, the same kind of chill comfort that this team always seems to have. And, you know, when you talk to the guys, even the ones I've spoken to since that game out in Seattle, you know, they all sort of point to the same thing, which is it's so obvious that Drew Brees isn't here, whether it's the locker room out in the field. It's not something they're like pretending to mask with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. They're all aware of it. And everyone is sort of holding the other accountable to play better. Um, not that they don't have the confidence in Teddy, but they know that they are all going to have to play their best game until Teddy can really get comfortable in this offense. And, you know, how do you replace a future Hall of Famer like so I'm not concerned. I think Sean Payton does a tremendous job of getting his team focused and getting them prepared uh, every week and getting the game plan ready to go. I mean, these guys are working on this game on the flight back from Seattle. They're already game on for the Cowboys. So when it comes to the preparation, uh, you know, the New Orleans Saints are, are probably one of the top teams to do it. Well, Sean Payton talked about a total team win, which is what it was on Sunday, having a special team score, the defensive scores. And I want to talk about that defense, uh, something that in those seven and nine seasons was a low point in New Orleans. It seems that after additions of guys like Von Bell, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, even a guy like Marcus Davenport, this defense has started to find its groove. How good is this defense compared to other top defenses in the NFL? I think a lot of um, the focus of Sean Payton, obviously, whenever you have a very offensive-minded coach, um, they don't always have their hands in on everything on the defensive side of the ball. And I think Coach would probably admit that if he was asked that publicly, that maybe he didn't do enough. Maybe he gave the keys to the car 
to the defensive coordinators in the past without putting enough pressure on them and getting involved in enough and not going to enough of these meetings himself to make sure that they're doing exactly what it is that he wants to do and really what's best for the team. So I think ever since he switched uh, and maybe even got more involved is when the secondary specifically, even just this defense as a whole has gotten better. And, you know, I talked to Cam Jordan the other day about, what I feel like has been a bit of an up and down ride so far for the Saints defense as a whole. Um, I would say they were stronger last year. Uh, and he says, you know, the truth is we're kind of a tale of two halves right now. We're still kind of finding that space. So I don't think they're great right now. I wouldn't mean, I call them good, uh, but I think they're a type of team that can have potential to go back to the Saints defense that we saw last year and be great. And, and I think it starts with Marshall Lattimore. I think, he needs to improve significantly and get back to how good he can be. Um, but until then, I still think, as Cam admits, like they're, they're just still working this out. Well, Alvin Kamara had a huge day on Sunday against the Seahawks, and a guy like Bobby Wagner was talking about how you really don't know how good he is until you see him in person. How good is Alvin Kamara? And, and look, Diana, I think you have some of the best interviews with him off the field. What kind of person is Alvin like off the field? He is... Without a doubt, top three of my favorite players in the league. And he's not one of these players that I text or I talk to to get information from. I only see Alvin in practice. I see him in the locker room, and I see him in the post-game uh, environment. And he is always the same person to me, which is just very respectful. He is genuine about all his responses. He knows what I'm doing. He knows why I'm there. Uh, in fact, I just saw him for the first time because I haven't been covering the Saints as much as I normally have um, when I covered them in Seattle. And the first thing he came up to me was to congratulate me uh, on getting an opportunity to do Monday Night Football this year. And I laugh, like, how, would, how does he even know that? Uh, so he's a, he's a very genuinely nice person. He's respectful, but also he's very funny. Uh, he has no shame. He, he likes to laugh at himself. And I'm sure you've seen in a lot of the interviews, he loves the camera and he plays it up. And, and you know, he does it in such a, um, I don't want to say humble because he's not humble. He's so confident, but he does it in a way that it doesn't, it's not really uh, a turnoff where sometimes you see players where they hog the camera or they just talk about themselves. And you, you just don't want to have a conversation with them after a while. But Alvin's very good at making it. He always mentions the team first. You know, last season was all about Mark Ingram and then Drew, then Coach. Uh, you know, and, and this year I see I see him stepping up in a leadership spot. I saw it in the locker room. He's he is the guy now for the New Orleans Saints. Well, from a national perspective, looking at the Saints team, they're leading the NFC South after three games, but they still have a tough road starting with Sunday night. Can this team win the NFC South again? Yeah, I, I think just looking at the division, um, we'll start there. I don't think that there's anybody that can really challenge them. I think they're so accustomed now, especially at the last few seasons, that that is just what they're doing. And they truly go game to game. And, but they, they know. Like last year, it was prove them right. That was the saying, prove them right, that we could go to the Super Bowl. And they came as close as they did. And the hangover conversation will forever be part of them. Um, but I think they've done a good job of using that almost to galvanize and, and it sort of bring them together to go, okay, this has happened not once, but twice. This isn't happening this year. 
Um, but I, I think if they can just keep their focus and continually kind of let Sean Payton guide this offense, and, and I do think he called one of the best games I've seen him call in a long time last week, um, I think the direction, I mean, you can't go anywhere but up with these guys. Um, on top of the fact that the, the chemistry in the locker room, I, I've spoken to players that are no longer with them, and they always reference how great that sort of sense of family the Saints locker room has. And it's not, it's not something you see in, on every team. A, a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. Their social media tries to make it look like they're all tight. But it's not the reality. Whereas the Saints, that's real. They're there to work and they're there to be, be there for each other. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that from a national perspective, I think most people, they're not missing out on, on the New Orleans Saints going far in the playoffs. Well, Diana, let's get to the important questions. Being from New York, food is a big deal over there. Being from New Orleans, food is a big deal to us over here in Louisiana. What's the difference in the food styles, and, and can you compare them at all? Uh, I get asked this a lot, especially from my family because they're big foodies, and they've never been to New Orleans. And I think this year I'm going to try to see if I can take them down for one of the games. Um, so the thing, let me just start with what's in common. You can go anywhere in New York or in New Orleans, any random hole in the wall, and the food's going to be not good. It's going to be great. You very rarely have a bad food experience. And I'm talking restaurants and hotels, bad hotels that I've stayed in in New Orleans, where I'll just get grab something to eat real quick while I'm on my way to the field or I have to go somewhere. And I'm like, this is like the best omelet I've ever had. Like, I don't understand. Uh, so the food, from, from a similar standpoint, is, Everywhere is great. I just tend to like Italian food a little bit more. And that's not really the New Orleans way. So it's not their fault. I just prefer, you know, a nice big bowl of pasta. And I have yet to find a really good Italian joint there. But um, otherwise, it's definitely opened up my eyes and my taste buds to different types of food, which I love seafood and, and pretty much anything, anything I've, I've tried that, that's, that's a New Orleans special, we'll call it, it's I've, I've enjoyed it and loved it and have gone back to order more. Well, next time you're in town, go to Irene's. Uh, I personally recommend it. It is my favorite Italian restaurant in the city. Uh, it's Haven't it's been to there. die for. All right. but Thank you. Yes, that helps me. <laughs> I, I want to talk about your career in journalism. Uh, I read a piece of, talking about how, you know, you played sports in high school and how you went and walked on a Division One soccer team and, and became the starting striker, and you've taken that to your career in journalism. How has your career just gone through the years, and why do you like covering sports so much? Yeah, I, I was a walk-on uh, at George Mason University, and it, it was really dumb of me because I could have played any other sport at any other school that I really wanted to, yet I chose the sport that I kind of was just average at and, and wanted to challenge myself. But I have found that sports always gave me structure and discipline. And it's really taught me how to separate being a better professional versus bettering myself as a person. So, for example, when I get feedback from whether it's Schefter or my, my bosses about something I reported or something I'm working on, I very rarely get upset about it. Like, I don't, I don't ever take it personally. I don't get upset. I love hard coaching. And that's what sports has helped me with. It helped me build a, an ability to have this innate uh, skill set to, to separate, okay, Adam's 
telling me he wants me to back down on the story because his sources are hearing that, um, you know, something different. Okay, that doesn't, it doesn't offend me. He, that doesn't mean Adam hates me. That means from a professional standpoint, he would rather us go in a different direction. So I think that's where, that's why I've loved sports and being part of it my whole life in terms of applying it to being a sports reporter is it's helped me grow. I've been able to grow quickly because I can deal with stuff. Um, but in terms of coverage, I, I have a news background, so I covered some awful, awful events in our history, um, big ones. And look, there, there is no better joyful feeling than, than being out in the pregame of a game and feeling the excitement from the fans and the players and the anticipation of what's about to happen. Um, those are the moments I live for. It, 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 it reminds me there's so much good. There's so much happy in the world um, when, when we're bogged down constantly with negative uh, negativity and, 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 and challenges that sports just always keep me in a space of, wow, man, we're so lucky um, to, to, to just be alive and doing the things that we do. And, and I'm obviously insanely lucky to be working at ESPN doing it, uh, something I never in a million years thought I would, uh, I mean, like really like a million years <laughs> that I'd ever be working at. Well, Diana, we appreciate you for your time. When you come down and you bring your family, go to an LSU game because that pregame atmosphere is incredible. And, and get some pastalaya. It's a little cross between uh, the Italian pasta and little Cajun culture as well. I, I'm loving all this info that you have. I'm gonna, I may DM you later for, for more names. But the fact that you have not brought up the point that you just asked me on Twitter to come on and I said yes. I mean, you know I don't do that all the time, but I was like, you know what? I love people from New Orleans. I'll do anything for them. So I figured this is such an honor and so exciting to come on and talk to you guys. Well, thank you so much again, and uh, we look forward to your coverage the rest of the season. All right. Take care. Once again, I want to thank Diana for coming on and giving us some of her time. Uh, she's very busy uh, working over there for ESPN. Uh, look forward to some of her Saints coverage and kind of getting back at her uh, for picking Atlanta to be the team to beat this year. But I think she's changed that. You know, she thinks the Saints are the team to beat this year. Looking forward to what comes Sunday night. Big matchup against the Cowboys. Can the Saints have success running the ball against a team that pretty much made the blueprint on how to stop the Saints offense last year by doubling and bracketing guys like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas? Will this be the game that Jarrett Cook comes out? Can Teddy Bridgewater use his legs? How much will Taysom Hill be used? Will the defense make a big impact? All I know is that it's a huge matchup. Saints lead the NFC South right now and look to go to 3-1 and one as they face the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. But once again, I want to thank Diana for coming on and giving us some of her time. But for Diana Rossini, my name is Charles Reese. Y'all have a great week. And as always, God bless.